Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show with Brian Ensminger. We are bringing missions home. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, disciple makers, and church planters as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Like us, they are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Welcome, world changers. I'm your host, Brian Ensminger, and this is the Engaging Missions Show. Today's guest has a ministry that I never would have conceived, Tactica. Mike and Arlene Armstrong's mission is 100% in line with fulfilling the Great Commission, but they go about it by investing in the lives and the, the, lives and the families of Central American authorities through high-quality police training, evangelism, and discipleship. Are you interested? I know that I am. So Mike and Arlene, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're glad to be here. So as we get to know each other and start off this first section, I'd like to focus specifically on your lives and getting to know who you are. Uh, so as we begin, would we, I'd, I'd like for you to maybe tell us a little bit about your life and your family. Okay. Oh, I can talk about family all day long. <laughs> um, we have three grown children, um, a daughter and two sons, and we have and they have blessed us with four grandchildren. And so this morning was back to school. And we got to see all the babies' pictures in their back to school clothes, and it was pretty amazing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing that you guys are on Facebook, or you have some way to connect with your family like that. Yes, technology is wonderful. <laughs> yes. Facebook and Skype and FaceTime. And and are you're based in Central America? Can you share with us a little bit about where you are? Well, we we just re- we are in Texas right now. Oh, okay. We just, returned, we just returned from two years in San Jose, Costa Rica, the capital city of the capital city of of Costa Rica, um, kind of sent, basically centrally located in central in Costa Rica. Okay, and while you're here, are you on furlough? Are you here to just visit? We- no, we we are we are here we are here on furlough and. Um, raising additional support after our two years down there. Um, we see where the Lord is leading us, and but we also know it calls for, calls for more support. So we are in that support raising process again. One of the things that I've heard about missionaries is that uh, the vision is almost always exponentially larger than the resources you have at the time. Is that, has that been your experience? Uh, very much, very much so. You know, you see, you see all the things going on, and sometimes, you, sometimes you have to say, you have to say no, or 
let's wait on that because, you know, either the resources, either the finances or the time just is not there to do it. Okay. And well, and while you're here in the States, you're on furlough. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about what your itinerary or what your, what your schedule kind of looks like? <laughs> well, we, um, since we've been back, we, we are, ba- we are, our home is in Texas, but we have made our, we've made trips already to 14 different states and shared in churches in all 14 of those states. So our schedule has really been keeping us on the road. Right now we're in a lull. We're trying to get in, get into more churches and share, share the uh, ministry that we are involved in. That, that's great. Uh, so you, you've been in 14 different states. I'm guessing you've been back in the states for more than a couple of days. So how long have you been back on furlough? Uh, we've been back since November, so right before eight months. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Eight months, 14 states in eight months. Not much of a vacation, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so as I think about the ministry, and we'll, we'll shift more completely to the ministry in, in a little bit, but I'm just wondering... You know, you're ministering to uh, police officers and that kind of thing. Did you have police training before? Well, um, yes. My um, my my vocation up until this point was as a police officer, deputy sheriff here in Texas. So I have over 20 years law enforcement experience, and um, so that's where that's where my heart was. But Lord decided that. Mid career change was in was in store for us. So I do have to say, you are not the first second career missionary I've interviewed. It's it's really intriguing to see how sometimes people go thirty, forty, fifty years, and then God says, "Oh, it's a it's about time." Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about how God did that in your life? Uh, sure. Um, ten years, I would say, just even as ten years ago. My goal, my personal goal, was to become become the chief of police in somewhere in some small, probably smaller town here in Texas, maybe in a school district. Um, I I've spent a lot of time as a school officer, and about seven, eight years ago, my wife and I just started feeling that the Lord was was talking to us, whether it was conversations we had or conversations we had with others and even pastors, church um, sermons we heard. And it all called, it all seemed to say, you're too comfortable. I need more. I need more from you. Are you willing? And it was not, it was not an immediate thing. It was a, it took a little bit. It was a process. It was a process. And, And so, you know, I'm thinking about that and the the idea of transitioning careers. There there are probably some challenges that go with that. And and I, you know one of the things I've noticed about life is that it seems like we have what I call the Facebook effect, where you look around and everybody's lives look like puppies and kittens and rainbows and quotes, but our own lives sometimes don't look quite as stellar. And I find that we connect really well when we start hearing about challenges and how God's worked through those. Do you have a, a challenging time that you could share with us? Share with us you know, that experience and then also what God did in that? Well, I think one of the, I think one of the challenges for, for me for me was in that after we had after we had made the commitment applied to the mission and started that missionary journey 
I start getting requests to submit my name <laughs> to to be considered for a chief of police position. You started and, getting requests to do that? Yeah. Calling me and saying, we would like you to submit your resume. We think we think you would be a great fit for this for this position, for this job. And that really tugged at me because I love being a police officer and my now, just a few years before, my human goal was, wow, chief of police. I'm, I want to be, you know, the leader. And the Lord said, the Lord said, no, missions. <laughs> and then all these offers came along. And I, I really just had to, I really just had to focus on, focus on the Lord and focus on what was drawing me to, be a missionary to be a missionary, you know, go and make disciples. And, you know, the best example of that is in Timothy 2.2. 2, it says, the things you've heard me say and trust to reliable men. And I know a lot of reliable men. They're police officers <laughs> and women. And, you know, that's just, it's like, okay, yes, Lord. So, you know, it was just a... Focus on whether it was God wanting this or whether Mike wanted it. And in the end, you know, the Lord has to win. Yeah, I know that's right. Uh, is there a, maybe a meaningful quote or a scripture that's been kind of the foundation for how you've approached life and ministry? Well, Arlene and I, Arlene and I have really, um, we claim, you know, Psalm, the whole chapter of Psalm 34 is, an awesome is you know an awesome reminder of focusing on the Lord, seeking the Lord. But verse three of chapter thirty-four says, "Oh magnify, ma- oh magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together." And you know that has always been it. You know it doesn't matter who it is, men, women, seniors, um, young couples. You know, we want them. We want them involved, and we want them to do it with us, so that you know it's because it's about exalting God. Are there specific things that you do to help involve other people to to actually bring flesh and put life in that? I think it's just a constantly sharing what is going on, asking people, telling you know, just even as simple as. Even as simple as saying, hey, I've got this meeting with this officer coming up. Would you pray for us? Um, I have, we have, we're going to be getting together with this family at such and such a time. Would you remember to pray for us? Even simple things like that really, really encourage us. And bring, it brings those, it pulls those people into what we're doing. The other thing is we always try to, reinforce to them that this is not Mike and Arlene's ministry. This is God's ministry that he's allowing us to be part of. And when they share their time with us in prayer or sending us encouraging notes or by giving to us financially, then it also becomes their ministry that they are partnering with God and with us. And so a lot of that is really exciting to a lot of people. Um, they never have taken the time to think that just just sending $10 a month to a missionary actually 
makes me be a missionary in a way because I'm uh, supporting them so that they can be there to do that work. But it still gives the the supporter that right supporter yeah. yes. the same the same benefit in God's eyes. It still accounts as credit towards them for in their heavenly account. Yeah, it sounds like as a as a broader body, just painting with a big brush, that we could use a little bit of work on that whole partnership between those who are sending and those who are sent. Uh, so I really appreciate that you guys are focusing on that. With that, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit away from you personally and more towards your ministry. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Engaging Missions Leadership Minute. Good day. This is Scott McClellan with your Leadership Minute. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about a guy who has had, I think, a really key place in my perspective. Uh, No longer alive, however, still speaking. Peter Drucker was a a consultant uh, primarily to business. He also consulted some who were in ministry. But uh, over about a 95-year life, he had quite an impact on many and is heralded as being the father of modern management, if you will. He died uh, in the early 2000s, but I was thankful to be able to listen some to what he was saying while he was still alive. Peter Drucker, if you don't know about him, look him up. One thing he said is that leadership is defined by results, not attributes. Does that mean then that leadership is results-oriented? or that we recognize leadership by the outcomes that are generated, not by uh, the quiet reflection on the attributes of leadership. A lot of times, I think, when we're self-focused, we're trying to draw personal encouragement from our own attributes and what we might bring to the table. But until those attributes and those strengths are brought to bear, on the environment, there's no likelihood or no possibility, rather, of uh, results or outcomes. So I think Peter was leading us in a good direction here when he said, hey, guys, let's recognize leadership by the things that result from it, not by um, the attributes such as risk-taking or persistence or uh, stick-to-itness or charisma, or those kinds of things. What are the results of leadership? Let's look for those and not necessarily be congratulatory of ourselves and of others by the attributes of leadership that we think we have on board. It's a strong medicine, but I think good. Thanks for sticking with us here for another Leadership Minute. I'm Scott McClellan. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com or on most social media outlets at FX Missions. Have a good one. This has been the Engaging Missions Leadership Minute. If you have a leadership question, send it to feedback at engagingmissions.com. That's feedback at engagingmissions.com. 
All right. We are back with Mike and Arlene Armstrong. We just finished up talking a little bit about their lives and their ministry and some of the the really cool things that God has already done. But now we're going to shift our focus more toward the ministry, toward what they're doing and what God's doing in them in Central America. Now, we know that they're here in the States on furlough, but we know that they're also heading back because God has given them a vision that's larger than the resources they currently have. So, Mike and Arlene, as we go into this particular section, I know that you do some work with uh, with law enforcement providing encouragement and training. Can you just kind of share with us, what does that mean? What is it that you do? Well, all of our all of our missionary team, Arlene and I, and two other teams that are in Costa Rica, two other families that are in Costa Rica right now, we were all in law enforcement here in the United States. So we know we know the struggles that police officers have, and even more so in Central America and Costa Rica, where the officers, where police officers are not highly regarded. In fact, in Costa Rica, they do not receive a whole lot of training um, just because of the culture and their and the mentality there. So what we so what the ministry has done, the ministry we're working with, is we provide. Um, we provide quality police training for free to um, different units in in Costa Rica and um, once a year in Ecuador. But during this training, we we will bring Christian police officers from the United States who will do the tra- do the training, who will share their testimony, share their God story in their lives, and we put Bibles in their hands. And every day we are challenging these officers to to read this, read the scripture and even memorize scripture. We give away bonus prizes <laughs> for for scripture memory, but it gives us a chance to start talking to them about what the Bible says. And usually at the end, when these officers come down from the states, they're there for a week. They return back to their back to their jobs in the states our team in the state our team in costa rica then begins um follow-up follow up and beginning the follow-up discipleship beginning to build on those relationships and get these officers who are interested into small group and one-on-one bible studies and usually it starts with the officer but very shortly after that it usually includes their family because if the officer really gets into the Word of God, the change is so amazing that the family right away wants to know what is going on. So then the family is involved. And that's the basics. So, so at this point, I'm not quite sure which direction to take because I'm hearing really kind of two things. One is... I'm guessing that there are some real success stories with the hands-on practical training that you provide, and I bet there are also some stories of transformed lives. Can you share with us maybe a little bit of what comes out of this? You can take whichever tack you'd like, or if something hits both, just, you know, what kinds of things come out of this training? Well, from the, from the very quickly, from the training aspect, even just the very basics, even the very basics of police training shows them that we care about their physical lives, that Mm -hmm. we care about their safety. 
And from that, it's a natural segue, natural transition into, yes, we care about your physical lives. That's why we want you to do the best, be the best police officer you can be. But Hmm. we also care about your spiritual life. And yeah, we have seen officers who have come to the training unwillingly. They've come because their bosses told them to go, told them to go. And um, I remember one young lady, her life was in a mess. And she, you could see on the first day of training, there was just bitterness on her face. And by Wednesday, by three days later, just talking to her and praying with her. She started crying and said, I know why I had to be here. I needed to hear God. <laughs> That's amazing. One of the things we talked about earlier was the, the, the vision and, you know, the, the things that you believe God has for you. And specifically, we were talking about resources, but let's, let's just talk a little bit about what you see coming. I believe that you have a vision that's bigger than what's currently sort of on the table. Can you share with us what you think is coming? Sure. Um, yes. Um, personally, you know, Mike and I were working or are working with Tactica. It, it's not our, um, we weren't, we're not, we didn't found Tactica, but okay. we're working with Tactica. And um, it, the ministry center for Tactica is located in the capital city of San Jose. But God really laid on our hearts to branch out a little further out of the city and reach pockets of police officers and their families who, out of economic necessity, have to live further out of the city and commute to their jobs. And so our uh, burden that we received from God over the past two years of being there was that we really need to be available to these uh, little towns that are outside of the big city. And um, several of these that we have come across only have... A Catholic church in them, and they don't have a church that encourages them to read their Bible and to learn what what God says um, about their eternity. So, so when I'm thinking about that, what does it take to do that? You need do you need more people? Do you need more money? How 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 do you believe God's leading you to do this? Well, um, for example, we. Right, the year before we left Costa Rica, um, we had identified one town that had 15, 14 or 15 police families that were connected to the ministry by either attending a um, attending a course, a training course, or attending a Bible study. But they were out in this area that doesn't have a um, that doesn't have a Bible teaching church. Well. Our first year, our first term there, we did not have a vehicle, so transportation was an issue to get out to get out there. Um, the Lord has blessed us in the last three months with a vehicle that we will be able to take down to Costa Rica, and will come in use, come in handy for um, getting out to those people. But we see ourselves being a resource because a lot of them feel alone, and we just want to build relationships. One on one, through maybe a little more police training, through maybe some of that, some of the, 
sewing and cooking that women do. Just building relationships with with these officers. That's great. And their families. It is going to take uh, financial money right yeah. now. Um, that's what we're working on. That's what has us um, basically stuck in the states because our goal when we came in november was to actually get back by the beginning of july and we find ourselves here waiting on god's timing rather than ours and our um he says that he's our shepherd and we do and we don't lack anything but we do need um other people to step up and have um People with the same passion for reaching police officers, whether in the States or in Costa Rica, but that would be willing to share of some of the financial blessings that God has given them to help us return. Okay, that's good. And if somebody is listening right now and they're wanting to partner with you, if they're, or maybe even just learn a little bit more, is there some place we can point them? Well, if they, um, to learn more... The, they can go to the uh, ministry website, which is um, tacticaministries.org. Okay. Or, or our mission agents, or our mission agency, which is ABWE, and that would be abwe.org. Okay. And for those of you who are listening, um, all of this will be linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Mike and Arlene Armstrong. It's going to be a nice long one for you, but I want to get both of those names in there. So Mike and Arlene Armstrong, and we'll have all of that linked up there. Now, Mike, earlier when you were sharing a little bit about some of the things that you've seen happen in the training, I got just a glimpse, I think, of some of the passion that God, that God has placed in your heart for this. Can you share with us what it is that fuels your passion for what you do? Relationships. It's with, with these guys and their families, it's about relationships. Just... Um, spending time listening to them and even even as simple as a hug hmm. you know i've i've received text messages from a couple of guys down there telling me mike i miss your hugs i miss time i miss the coffee i think this might be a little bit of a difficult question for mike to answer because i see it a little bit not really as an outsider but um, he's out there with those guys and they're practicing all those skills and they're doing push-ups and they're doing all those police things. And I, I sit back and, you know, help um, prepare the meals to feed them when it's time to eat. But the last day of the training, they have a graduation and each officer in the training receives a certificate with his name on it and the hours that they've completed the course and i just see where they get so much encouragement from receiving that recognition that god just um, blesses their lives through that because then they're able to take that back to their boss and eventually add enough hours up to get a little bit of a raise but just pouring into them into their self-esteem, then that really opens the door for them to be willing to listen to us when we start sharing the gospel with them. 
One more question as we kind of tie a bow on this section. I'm just wondering, as you look back over the years, is there anything you wish you would have done differently? Mm, I've thought about this question. Believe it or not, it would have been, it would, it would have been including more people. Um, it would have been including more people at the very beginning. Uh, one, of the, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest challenges for missionaries is when we get to the field, sometimes we feel like we're out on an island. Hmm. And it is, it is so encouraging. It's, it is so beneficial to, for a missionary, any missionary, to hear from his, home, his or her home church, her family, their church family, saying, hey, we love you, we miss you, we're praying for you, what's going on? So I think if I had to do it again, it would be include more people in a better support network. Wow. With that, we are going to go ahead and tie a bow on this section, and we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time more toward you as the listener. We're going to start learning from what Mike and Arlene can offer from their years of experience. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Missions show. Missions was always on my heart uh, when I was a little kid I used to follow my pastor around um, because I wanted to be a pastor I, I don't know what it was but my relationship with Jesus um, was always just a very very um, core part of who I was um, and so when I got older and really developed my own relationship with Jesus missions was um, was pretty much just a, a, a no-brainer that was what I was most passionate about um, you know, making the relationship with Jesus that I already had known. Um, so now, what, what's going on with me? Um, I'm like, like you said, I'm really just preparing, and I'm trying to continue to seek to know the Lord. Um, really, in going into missions, my main my main focus is always me knowing the Lord, me drawing nearer to God. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we are back with Mike and Arlene, and we have heard some amazing things of what God is doing in their lives. I believe that God has the resources that they need. I believe that God is accomplishing amazing things in and through them, but we're shifting now. We're going to shift our focus toward you as the listener. We've learned about their ministry. We've learned about who they are, but they also have some things that they can offer us because of their experience. So Mike and Arlene, I know because of the stats that I look at as far as my website and the podcast that most of the people who listen to the show are here in the States. They care about missions, but they don't necessarily feel called to vocational full-time ministry. And sometimes in that position, it can start, you can start to feel like what you do doesn't really matter for the kingdom. What would you share with somebody if they started struggling with that? You sure? Um, I'll share. I um, just feel like we aren't encouraged enough in this day and age to, um, to see the vision that you plant and you cultivate and then you reap a harvest. I think it's an age of instant gratification. You think you want to, you want to do a thing and you want to see the results immediately. And, you know, 
That is something I would encourage people to do. If you're working in your church, if you're working with the young people, whatever ministry you already have that you're doing in your local church, don't get tired of doing it because that harvest cannot be denied. And the Bible in um, one of the passage, one of the parables or passages Jesus teaches over is the law of the harvest. And, you will reap, but you do have to sow and you do have to cultivate. So my encouragement is just to continue doing that and don't give up. You may think it doesn't make a difference in that moment, but consecutive repeated action for the positive will bring success and it will bring a change in those people's lives that you're investing into. One of the one of the terms that we that most police officers know it's called contact and cover most when we teach police officers that when you go to a call two officers should go one officer always does the talking that's your contact officer the second officer should always be standing back watching and protecting and he's the cover officer and I love that. I love that example for people back in the states versus with missionaries. I we consider our people back in the states our cover people. They're standing back. They're not in the middle of it, but they're standing back, covering us with prayer, covering us with finances. So it takes both. That's- not everybody can go. Well, that's good. The next question I have is a little bit difficult to frame up right now because there's so much stuff I see around in the news about immigration and all that kind of stuff, and that's not really where I'm headed with this, so it's hard to, to frame up a little bit. But one of the things I've noticed living here in outside of Nashville is that the face of the nation is shifting, that there are people here that a few years ago we might have thought only a missionary would run into those kind of people, uh, people from other cultures, people from other religions. What would you share with somebody if they realize, oh my goodness, my neighbor, my coworker, somebody I see at the store is from a place who's they're not from here. Find excellent, there's excellent resources, excellent training available. If you don't have any available through your church, I know that our agency, Association of Baptists for World Evangelism, has, could point you in the direction of quality training. For example, if you wanted to know how to reach out to Muslims in your community, you would be able to get a hold of someone there that could point you in that direction. But don't be afraid of don't be afraid of learning um, learning what it takes to share with somebody from a different culture. And the next thing was, um, I would say, as to try to not think of what they do is wrong. Try to reframe your mindset to saying that's different because when you are in the mindset of that's wrong, you're very judgmental, and they and they sense that in you. But if you just think of what they do as that's different, then that opens you up to being uh, more open towards them, and they will sense that, and you would have a chance to build a relationship with that person. Love, love them. Find a way. Find a way to 
um, love those people. They might not they might not be exactly like you, but they still have hurts. They still have struggles, and if they know somebody cares about them, then they will. Maybe not immediately, but they will open up. And it's you know every every person has an opportunity has an opportunity because of your work or because of where you your neighborhood or your school everybody has one or two people that that they have the best opportunity to serve that person and share and share the bible with them just remember ministry is up close and personal you can't do it from across the street <laughs> you got to do it you got to do it right there hard words for an introvert like me to hear but yeah it's true is there an internet resource, maybe a tool that you use, something that you enjoy using that you would recommend for our listeners? Well, um, good soil. Well, I don't know exactly what the site is, but there, um, through ABWE, they have a, a training called Good Soil, and they have books called story of hope and the way to joy which the story of hope goes a overview of the bible from um beginning to end really in 50 lessons and then 40 lessons and then the way to joy is a resource that if you know somebody that's recently come to know christ you can um Use that to help you lead them through the process of what it means to be a new Christian. And um, one one of the web, one of the one of the websites I go to a fair amount because remember I'm a police officer here. I did not spend years in years in the seminary, but um, DesiringGod.org. It's John Piper. And he does a great job of breaking down short passages by, you know, showing you how to study, how to study, how to study the Bible, how to study by breaking down those individual verses. And it's a great resource that doesn't take a lot of time, but it's a learning, it's a learning, it's a learning tool. Yeah, I know. I've really enjoyed that. I, 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 he's so prolific. He's just unbelievable quantity of material that they have out there. Um, is there a book that you'd recommend for our listeners? Mm. Oh, um, a really short read. It's called, in English, it's called From Foreign to Familiar. And it kind of just explains a little about the differences in how people process how they think about time, how they think about um, family, different things like that, and um, compares cold uh, climate cultures to warm climate cultures and the way that the world is becoming smaller and people are traveling all over the world. That's a really good book, very short like little eight little chapters that um, is could be very helpful to anyone in any relationships that they have. And I'm uh, um, and my mind just went blank with the with the um, with the author, but um, the book is called Follow Me. 
I'm also a fan of um, Francis Chan, Crazy Love and Multiply are two of his two two good books of his. All right, that's that's good. Now, Mike and Arlene, we are just about done. Would you mind sharing with us maybe one last piece of advice and a good way for people to connect with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Oh. Good way to connect with this. Um, our email is los number two armstrong at gmail. No, no, at, sorry, at abwe.cc. So it's L O S the number two armstrong at abwe.cc. But, um, one of the things, this, and this is a recent, this is something that we have really been focusing on, is every morning Arlene and I are waking up and reminding ourselves and reminding each other, who can we serve today? Yeah. You know, that's just, that's just, that's our piece of advice. Find somebody that you can serve. Make a difference. That's really powerful. For those of you who are listening, I did want to mention just one last time, I will have all of the resources linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Mike and Arlene Armstrong. And I just wanted to make one comment. If you know a police officer, I would really recommend that you take a minute and send this off to them uh, because this ministry not only needs financial stuff like any other ministry, but they need police officers, trained police officers who know Jesus and have a heart to minister and also to provide training. So I would really encourage you to do that. Uh, And you can find all of the contact information you need right there on the show notes. Now, Mike and Arlene, thank you so much. This has just been wonderful. I've so enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. We, We appreciate it. If you're enjoying the Engaging Mission Show, would you consider partnering with us? You can do that by telling people about the show or by donating to help cover the cost of the show. Visit engagingmissions.com partner to learn more. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.